This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 105 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, crypto holders had a rough week, didn't they? But uh, crypto traders had an amazing week, especially if they were trading on a platform that is not in danger of being shut down by the United States. And even bonus points if those traders were able to use MT4 to execute their trades. Bybit gives you all of these things and bonuses and exclusive events if you click my link. Now, down below is going to be the blog for Bybit so you can get all the information you need. Inside of that blog is my affiliate link. Click that and get signed up and go out there and make some money off of all this craziness. But do it with Bybit because membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and I was going to screw with you guys and uh, just put out an episode on, like, gold coins this week or something like that, but that would have been mean. Uh, it's really no time for jokes. Uh, but all the same, is it really a time to panic? Uh, we will be discussing that today. Now, to catch everybody up, if uh, somehow you didn't know what was going on in the crypto world this week, uh, the SEC is doing exactly what we said they were going to do, and they have completely unloaded on Binance and on Coinbase, taking both of them to federal court. Now, uh, the Binance allegations are pretty much the same as the CFTC allegations we saw a couple months ago, and we've already talked about that on the show. Uh, but now that Gary Gensler and the SEC are doing it, it's all of a sudden different now, apparently. All right. And the things they're going after Coinbase for are the same things they've been attacking Coinbase for ever since the beginning. Really the same things that, you know, Crypto.com and Kraken and KuCoin and Uphold are doing as well, you know, selling uh, unregistered securities to the American people. And this time they're just really formalizing that. Now, if you want minutia and you want, you know, hardcore details of these litigations, then uh, this podcast is not where you go. We need to press on. Now, the bombshell that really affected the markets, and uh, is this even a bombshell? You know, we're going to go over that too, is that he came out and said, he gave, gave a list of crypto tokens and said, okay, I, Gary Gensler, king of the world, now proclaim these tokens to be securities. And these tokens included things like Cardano, Solana, Polygon, um, a host of old school metaverse tokens. Ave, I think was on there. Uh, I think he included Dash, <laughs> which is weird. I don't know. It, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. I think if you were to ask Gary Gensler um, you know, very basic questions about some of these tokens, he would not be able to answer them. Uh, yet he came out with his royal staff, waved it in the air, and said, these are now securities. And this caused anywhere from a 12 to 25% crash in altcoins everywhere. I'm sure along the way, you don't always hear about this, but there were probably large funds out there holding some of these tokens that got liquidated, which just magnifies this domino effect and probably made this drop larger than it should have been. On top of that, you had some United States-centric platforms um, trying to get ahead of this. One of them in particular was Robinhood, saying that they were no longer going to allow trading on the ADA token, Solana, and the Matic token for Polygon. Uh, you also had Crypto.com come out. I don't know if it was just a timing thing or, or what this was, but they said they were shutting down their institutional services in the United States. And then during this week, there was also talk about a Bitcoin custodial platform out there. You know, these are large companies you don't often hear about. I couldn't name probably three of them, but one of the big ones, and this is just a rumor mill at this point, is uh, potentially shutting down. 
And then to go ahead and end off the uh, the FUD portion of uh, this podcast episode, a couple of metaverse projects have come out and said, hey, you know, these uh, if these are securities, this will affect the way we do things and we need to regroup and figure out where to go from here. Now, might I remind you of something we've also talked about on this show before, and uh, that is even though this is so far um, centered on one country, uh, the United States has a lot of money um, compared to the rest of the world, especially when it comes to investing. You don't realize these things until you start businesses uh, that sell, you know, around the world. You know, you learn this little factoid pretty quickly. So even though this is so far uh, very U.S.-centric, it's that whole thing. When the United States sneezes, the whole world catches a cold. It's just unfortunate that's where we are. And do not think there are other governments around the world watching this whole situation very closely. So they can piggyback off of it should it go their way. Now, again, all these things combined have caused a panic, probably in the American markets, to where they, they think that this is not going to be the end of things and all of their on and off ramps are going to get shut down. Uh, they're not going to be able to do anything with the tokens that they hold. And it's better off to just sell them all off at a loss now. And 90% of all crypto holders are currently in a loss with their accounts. Uh, I believe this stat was around before this week's crash. So, FUD's over. Let's get down to reality. Uh, first of all, let's get this part out of the way. Uh, just because somebody comes out and says something is a security, like I said before, <laughs> yeah, waves their magic staff in the air, uh, does not mean it all of a sudden is one. There is an enforcement angle that must go along with that, and I think that's what this trial is trying to determine. Remember, you know, that's pretty much what XRP has been on trial for ever since 2020. And when I first heard this about the whole securities ruling, I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, no, it's it's not just automatic. There's a process here. Uh, and then like a day later, the Markets Daily podcast from Coindesk uh, came out and confirmed what I'd already thought. Um, and this trial, by the way, um, if, especially if you think about how long the XRP trial has taken, the XRP trial started in December of 2020. Uh, these trials are going to take a very long time to play out. Um, CZ from Binance has already assembled like the OJ Simpson dream team to come to his defense. Uh, I'm sure Coinbase, with all the money they have, are going to do the same thing. Uh, and a lot of different things can happen in that time, in particular to SEC Chairman Gary Gensler, who not only has a number of accusations against him coming out already, uh, one of which he tried to become an advisor to Binance back in 2018, 2019, I think it was, saying that he knew how to get around certain laws and that could be very beneficial to a company like Binance. Um, there was a rumor on Twitter that he actually shorted Bitcoin before he came out with this ruling, uh, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the, the guy's worth like $100 million already. He made so much money from Goldman Sachs. Uh, so that wouldn't make any sense. That would be putting yourself at risk for almost no reason. Um, but as we've seen before, there are lawmakers everywhere, all over Congress, that really hate Gary Gensler and have called him out on all of his shenanigans. Uh, which means the rest of Congress, if they weren't aware about it before, they are aware now. Uh, and this is not completely a partisan matter. There are plenty of people on both sides of the aisle who see this for what it is. And speaking of partisan matters, if Gary is not ousted by the time the 2024 elections come out in the United States, there may end up being a total regime change to where all of these people are thrown out on their ass. You know, the Genslers, the Elizabeth Warrens, all these people. And yes, these are the people who are behind it. They, like many companies and many government officials, have become compromised over time. 
Um, and I think with, with these guys, they're more incentivized than compromised. Like I know Gensler wants Yellen's job. And I think the powers that be in the big banks, uh, the people who really pull the strings have incentivized them to say, hey, if you give us this particular outcome, we will give you this. And so Gensler and Warren and the people that Warren had placed into the cabinet, you know, they, they all have a lot to gain here. So this is where it's coming from, just so you know. But um, where it's coming from is not really important as far as getting all mad at these people. Uh, but just understand, if we have somebody come in who really is focused on cleaning house in 2024, a lot of the people behind uh, this movement, not to get crypto completely out of the United States, by the way, but to make it so only the banks can end up controlling it to where they are now the main go-between between the American people and the crypto market. You know, contrarians, that's the end game here. But let's get back to what we were talking about. Um, the Coinbase suit is pretty much nonsense. Uh, as far as Binance goes, there's a lot of people that you know read, uh, read the allegations over and they were like, uh, yeah, really seems like CZ did that shit. Uh, the commingling of funds, which is like FTX-level type stuff, we don't really know. Uh, but in terms of all the stuff going on with Coinbase, like, here's the thing. If we lose Binance.us, okay, Binance will probably still be fine. Coinbase will likely still be here because uh, they have complied every step of the way, and they can prove that. And, you know, like I said before, too, with the SEC, I got rid of my XRP back when that lawsuit came in because I'm like, oh, man, SEC is coming after you? That's a death sentence. It's not that way anymore. You know, they have lost a lot of credibility. The judicial system, thankfully, has not been compromised yet in the United States. And word is the judge they have drawn in these cases, or in the Binance case in particular, I'm not sure about the Coinbase case, is uh, as a fairly neutral judge. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but really, regardless of what happens, this could take years and years. And if you look at the XRP price action ever since they went to trial, uh, it's they've had incredible spikes. So when it first happened, they dropped from like 60 cents to about 24 cents. Um, and that's when I dumped. Uh, but since then, let me let me take a look real quick. Yeah, they spiked all the way up to $1.79 and are now sitting right around the 50 cent mark. Um, so there will be plenty of opportunity to buy and then take profit as we do here on the show and then buy back in and then hold and see what happens oh and i almost forgot this just came across my desk this morning uh, brian armstrong from coinbase has come out and said let me just go ahead and read it to you verbatim here coinbase ceo brian armstrong says quote we will not delist tokens deemed securities by the sec and has no plans to phase out staking services either so where Robinhood, you know, tucked its tail between its legs and ran, um, Coinbase says, no, we're, it's going to be business as usual. And if this trial does play out for years, you know, you are probably going to have every, well, the same amount of access uh, at Coinbase that you had before. Uh, and again, we don't know if every hammer has fallen here, um, but you still currently have the same ability to do this with all the other American exchanges too, not named Binance U.S., uh, but that doesn't mean you should not be preparing, and we will talk about that momentarily. Uh, but before we do that, let me uh, reiterate where this podcast stands on uh, what's been going on this past week and the crypto market as a whole. Uh, first of all, I think all of these tokens mentioned are securities. I mean, if they're not securities, what are they? Commodities? No, they're not. You know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, things like that. Yeah, they're probably commodities, but 
if you had to put a definition on any of these other ones, they are securities. They're companies that have a token, which is just like a company with a stock, which is representative of its value in the market. Now, so that part, I don't think really should have come as too much of a surprise. The biggest concern is that the lizard people are going to be the ones who control this. And like I said before, so much can happen during these trials. And the reason why all of this is going on now is because they're running out of time. You know, we spoke about this before. Uh, and you just have to ask yourself that by the year, let's say 2026, who is really going to be in charge here at the SEC? And are they going to fully get their way? You know, I think the chances of it being Gensler and the gang and you know, a complete victory on the SEC's end is pretty improbable. Uh, and even if it does happen that way, I mean, you know how fast and innovative this space is? You know, I'm pretty sure some very enterprising people will come up with a few solutions here and there. Uh, so for all the people out there panicking and thinking this is Armageddon somehow, I will gladly, gladly take the other side of that argument. You know, we have the ability here to uh, take a step back and stay rational. Why? Because we have been predicting this the entire time. You know, it's really hard to panic when this is exactly what you expected to happen. You know, I remember when uh, the, the smoke first started to come about with Binance. You know, I got rid of my uh, BNB token right around uh, 270, 280, something like that. And then it popped back up to 330 and might have gone even higher. I should look, but it, it's kind of irrelevant at this point. And during that time, I actually had some people saying, hey, do you regret getting rid of BNB? You, you know, you took a loss on that. And now it's it's gone up instead of down. And I said, no. When you have things like this going on, you simply cannot put a price on safety. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's one position. Who cares? Uh, and even though this story is far from over, it's looking like a much better move now. Um, now, kind of in that same vein of Binance, because uh, it is or was owned by them, or there is a tie there with the Trust Wallet token. I don't know how many of you follow me on Twitter, but uh, if you do, you already know um, that I have exited that position at breakeven uh, after taking profit back when it spiked up to around $2.50. Um, all of this was documented on Twitter. And I want to reiterate, when you go about things this way, regardless of what happens in the market, it makes it very hard to lose because prices in this market go down a lot, but they also go up a lot. And thanks to my trading background, I have also adopted this money management strategy and in investing, and it has paid off many times. I'll say it again, contrarians, a lot of the crypto I own right now was free, meaning I did not have to pull out my wallet to buy it. I just used the profits I took from previous positions. And over time, I've gotten a lot of correspondence from people like you who have done the same thing. So I just wanted to reiterate that and keep that top of mind for all of you. Because regardless of what happens in the future, it's still the crypto market. It's very volatile and big windfalls can come your way as well. But I also need to reiterate again that this is exactly what we expected to happen. I always reiterate this over and over and I want to make my stance as clear as possible. We are very bullish on the crypto market long term, especially the tokens we have chosen to back over time. But short to medium term, we are very bearish, which we see as a good thing. This could be the last real chance we have to grab the things we want at very cheap prices. Because while price may be dropping, fundamentals have stayed relatively the same. And by the same, I mean in most cases getting stronger and stronger. This is a divergence we really, really like to see. And what are those two main reasons why we are so bearish in the short to midterm? One, because we know the United States is going to throw the kitchen sink at the crypto market while they still can. If you want to check me on this, go back to episode 95. We talked all about it. And we fully believe there is still an upcoming recession approaching. 
And when that happens, riskiest assets always go first. And until further notice, crypto is in that category. You know, when that changes, I will let you know, but I don't think it's changing anytime soon. Uh, yes, and that goes for Bitcoin as well. Uh, so the first leg of this is occurring now. Um, I, I don't know, you know, it seems like a bit of an irrational drop uh, to me, uh, which I typically like as far as buying opportunities go. I'm not making any moves right now. Uh, you know, there will come a time where I say, okay, I think we are at least, you know, relatively close to a bottom here and we are on our way back up. And that's when I'm really going to unload and move my stable coins and some other USD into the crypto market and buy at bargain basement prices if I can. Uh, but that day certainly hasn't come yet because I still think there's a long way to go because only one of these shoes has dropped and I don't even think that first one's dropped all the way yet. But while we're on that topic, let me give you what I hope to be one of the biggest takeaways of episode 105. And that is what the bottom of a market typically looks like. You know, there's the old, there's the old saying, you, you want to buy when there's blood in the streets. And then somebody came up later and I think said, uh, you actually want to buy when the blood's already been cleaned up. But whichever uh, statement you subscribe to, I want everybody to know that having blood in the streets does not just occur because number go down. There's always a level of hopelessness attached to it. To where not only does number go down, but people now no longer believe that number will ever go up again. And I feel like this phenomenon is slowly starting to happen in the crypto market. And then if the timeline of the recession plays out like I think it might, to where we have a recession and we just don't get out of it for a very long time, you know, this will finally make the majority of the bulls tap out. And the majority of your average investors think that there's just no end in sight. And you do not just achieve this by number go down. There has to be a level of hopelessness there. You not only accomplish this with time, you accomplish this with other things as well. I remember back in 2008 during the housing crash. I was in Las Vegas. And you know, real estate people are generally pretty savvy. When they see things crash like that, you know, a lot of them will take advantage of what they see and buy at the bottom. But nobody was doing that. Not so much because they thought that we were going to be at the bottom for a while. Um, mostly because a lot of the neighborhoods had completely gone to shit. A lot of the lower income neighborhoods now had abandoned homes in them. And I remember a lot of wealthier neighborhoods now had problems that they did not have before. You had people squatting in some of the foreclosed homes. You had a lot of the homeowners now renting out their homes to people who did not have the same income they did. And as a result of all this, you are now seeing things you would not expect to see in a high-end neighborhood. You know, everything from unkept properties all the way up to vandalism and theft and burglary and murder. You know, the very things that people with means pay to get away from. Now you had all of that stuff going on in these nice neighborhoods. You know, so what does the future hold for these neighborhoods? Is that just how they're going to be now? Have most of these wealthy homeowners just bailed and figured that just renting out their homes from now on is going to be the move? Are the banks ever going to get rid of these foreclosed homes that have nobody but squatters living in them? You know, it was a mess. And this was Las Vegas, a city that had the good fortune of being one of the last ones into the muck and one of the first cities out. 
So I can only imagine how magnified this situation was in other cities. You had a lot of real estate investors sitting back and saying, you know, what's the point? Why would I buy now? It's way too risky. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to turn a profit on these homes. This is the sentiment of an overall bear market. This is the sentiment you see at the bottom. It's not just number go down. It's not just time. It's a lot of other things too. Because what these real estate agents should have actually done is just buy these homes anyway on the cheap because they would have probably 5x their money by now. Almost all those neighborhoods are back to where they were before. Only difference is the value of those homes have now skyrocketed since. So the solution for us is the same as it's always been. Survive the bear market and set yourself up to flourish in the bull market. How do we do that? Well, we go back to rule number one. Don't run out of money. You should never be investing money that you cannot afford to lose. The people who are panicking right now didn't do that. Step number two in this particular situation is to make sure you have set yourself up with as many exit ramps as possible in terms of diversification and actual exit ramps just in case your government decides to try and do this to you. We have talked extensively about this on the podcast as well. Just because you are an American citizen or an Indian citizen or you know, some other place that's really restrictive on crypto or tries to be does not mean you are trapped within that system. It may take a little bit of effort on your end, but boy, is it worth it, even if you don't need to use any of these exit ramps. The peace of mind alone is something that I personally cannot put a price on. And you must do this ahead of time, because as we always learn the hard way, it's really hard to create exit ramps when they're shutting them down right in front of you. You must be ahead of the game here. Proactive, not reactive. The reactives get wrecked. And as we have also called on this show, the 2020s have been absolutely crazy, and they will continue to get crazier. And the only way to not only survive, but to survive and prosper when it's all said and done is to be prepared and to be early.